Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Have you ever found yourself at a crossroads and asked, should I even keep running? We're going to talk about that today. And then we'll talk about being able to shift on the fly. And joining me once again to discuss those stories and a lot more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. I don't even know if people understand what shift on the fly means nowadays. You, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. But yeah. there are very few manual transmissions these well, days. Well, there is especially manual flange transmissions on the column, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, we had a good night last night. We did. As of this recording, when we're recording this, we did the uh, Couch to Marathon and the Couch to 5K live kickoff. As stressful as that is, anything live, I don't see how newscasters, I don't, of course, they have entire teams of people behind them. Live is nerve-wracking. Yeah. You know, you're worried about the technologies. Technology is the biggest thing, and then you're yeah. worried about just going blank. Yeah. Um, but we did the live kickoff last night, had few hundred people on there at one time and it was a it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun having our whole team around the table and and kind of people behind the cameras and on the other side of the wall and it was a it was a lot of fun yeah and it's exciting to to, when you're anytime you're starting over again it's Mm -hmm. really really exciting and i I just get that and i saw afterwards i went and i looked at some stuff and there's just there's a lot of excitement online right now for everybody that's getting started so uh, yeah so we got a new batch of couch to marathoners off the couch to 5k is off and running quite literally and we've got we're actually leaving here going to a meeting today for some more exciting news that we can't really disclose right now but it's um it's going to be huge and so there's just a lot of cool things it's busy it's stressful um (laughs) but it's all it's all really cool stuff and it's really cool stuff that you know not only is fun to do but it points people to christ in the process and above all that's the most exciting part of what we get to do here um having fun is just the cherry on top yep that is an understatement that is yeah you're absolutely right well here's a facebook post from last week and this one comes from linda Knoll. if you're on the facebook post you know everybody linda. knows linda that's right that's right and of course this is linda linda Knoll is at mingo national wildlife reserve which everybody knows that's her go-to place to go for a run um she, I don't know how many miles she's run there, but I bet it's in the many, many thousands. Yeah. So she says this. Well, I was able to get my long run of 12 miles in today. This should have happened on the weekend, but I put in seven miles Saturday because I should should have done the seven miles on Thursday. You get the picture. COVID has just sucked all my energy and motivation these past three weeks. I planned an out and back route from the swamp from the swamp walk to the Mingo spillway as I knew that if I made it from point A to B, then I had to return the same way if I wanted to get back to my car. So when I went out this afternoon, I decided to focus on one mile at a time and make every mile a mile of gratitude. I'm grateful for, and she lists these things, how running opened up my airways better than any albuterol inhaler. I could finally take some deep breaths with no coughing. 
I'm thankful for how it had rained all morning, but quit just as I began running. So I shed my rain gear, which was nice as it was very warm here today. I'm thankful for how the trees reflected deep into the water and gave an illusion of great depth in only a few feet of water. I'm grateful for the occasional color of green brightening up the bleak day. Green moss on trees and rocks, live ferns and other green plants dotted the hillsides and swamps. I'm thankful for the armadillo that distracted me in the last two to three miles as I was getting so tired and needed a distraction. I'm sure he thought I was an oddity in his environment. And I'm most grateful for my God whom I can access anytime and anywhere and give him my petitions and prayers knowing he cares. I look forward to the to Big Beach in two weeks. I will be tortoise slow, but if you remember, the tortoise beat the hare by simply being slow and steady. <laughs> That's my plan. That's another one of those word pictures we talk about. Linda's yeah, good at that. She is. And Linda's a good example of... Um, Man, she started this sport, and she's just she's just put everything she's got into it. Yeah, um, she runs a lot of miles. She does, and uh, yeah, she she loves the trails too, which she does. I'm not a big fan of, but uh, <laughs> kudos to Lynn. A great great description there. Yeah, me. I, I don't like the trails either, but I'll tell you what. When I see a post from Linda, I just smile. Just you want to go run there? All I do is see her name and yeah. I smile. Yeah. You know, and there's there, we've got a bunch of folks like that. It's not sure. just Linda, but yeah, I just yeah, I love it. Um, you know this i've seen this a lot from covid you know i coached some athletes who who went through covid and had some difficulties Mm -hmm. through covid and so i've seen a lot of people have this same problem and here's what happens with a lot of folks they want to just not do anything sure and the ones that i saw that were most successful were doing what linda's doing right they said you know i've got this thing and it's an extra resistance and it's hard but i'm just going to get out there and go after it and do the best i can with what i've got and those people the ones i saw seem to get through it and and buy it the fastest and best yeah backing it down and slowing your pace down to get through something like that is always an option yeah just don't let stopping be an option that's right i mean go slow take your time walk if you have to mm-hmm. but get out there and get it done that's the most important part absolutely yeah and she talks about focusing on one mile at a time that's such good advice whenever things are hard that's what i do on those days when it's just hard to get out the door and go mm-hmm. run i just it's just one mile you know one mile. and the, the the trick that she uses here i use all the time i do too back. i used it this past weekend <laughs> yeah it's it's the best way to do it because the first half is usually not that bad yeah and so if you can just force yourself to get that far away from home and you don't have any choice well and we have it. around here i don't I, you probably do it up in Cahutta, but i do it here on cleveland highway you know i I go out and back on Cleveland Highway, and Cleveland Highway is one of those roads. I'm not going to give up. You know, you got 25,000 cars of people you know <laughs> coming by you, honking, blowing the horn. We've got all the rednecks here in, in Whitfield County. So, so you got to keep a good pace. Otherwise, everybody's going to be talking. That's a good point. So, that's a good point. Uh, Cleveland Highway is a, a very good accountability tool for me. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, looking for distractions while you're out, too, is, is really good. And that's kind of what she's doing here. And, and by by looking intentionally around her, that's, that's a great distraction. It's really a good thing to do when you don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to watch all that stuff when you feel good and everything's going great. But, man, it becomes even better. Well, the cool thing about running, and we've talked about this a lot, is there are so many things that you will see running that you'll never see in a car. Yeah. You can you can drive by a hundred times more on a drive the same place, but you'll see three times as many things 
on a run that you do in a car and it's just because yeah. it's that slower pace um you know i talked about years ago when the tornadoes come through here i did a run uh and i didn't even know that i was about to go through that route i was running to my in-laws house in Udawal, and uh I topped the hill and realized I was in the path of where the tornado had come that mm. week before. And I'll never forget, I had driven through there several times. And, you know, it's not that, that you have blinders on, but you're focused on the road. And, and it's like my eyes were open to the true devastation of yeah. what a tornado can do because I was running through it. Yeah. And uh, makes a big difference. So, yeah. I'd, Perspective. Good, 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 uh, good description there, Linda, on yeah. what to keep in our focus. I, and my my biggest distraction is I like to listen to podcasts or audio books or something like that when I'm running, and it, mm-hmm. and that keeps you kind of keeps you occupied. Right. I don't have any problem running without anything either, but uh, you know it, it's killing two birds with one stone. I say you can't multitask, but that's one multitask thing that right. you can do yeah. effectively. So do you do you listen to things more than you don't listen to things when you run? I do now. Yeah, I do now. I, I used to not listen to anything ever. See, I used to listen to stuff always. And now I, I don't remember the last thing I've listened to something. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. We've gone in opposite directions. Uh, yeah, I, I've been listening to, you know, we're doing the Bible in a Year mm-hmm. podcast and uh, or a Bible in a Year program, I guess. Um, but I've been listening to the Bible in a Year podcast by Father Mike Schmitz. He's a Catholic guy, and um, that's been – that's been so good. Yeah, it's just been fun to listen to him. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard Mike Schmidt heard him talk. He has got the most soothing positives. You know how some people when they talk, you can tell they're smiling. Mm-hmm. That's that's him. Yeah, you can tell he's smiling while he's talking, and it just it is it's so uplifting. And so, uh, yeah. It, I need to be distracted sometimes too, or or do something to distract myself from from the run sometimes. So, uh, yeah. Um, and what one other thing I've seen people that give up um, in different ways, and again, what she's realizing here is there's value in not giving up. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. It's this isn't just a matter of doing and being proud of yourself when you get done. Don't forget there's value in that. Mm-hmm. There, not in the not in the the actual fight, but just the idea of the fight, there's value in it. And uh it's 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 awesome. And well, kudos to her. Yeah, if you do it in your running life, it's going to bleed over to other I mean you're, a, you're 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 it's just discipline. At the end of the day, and the more discipline we have, the more it's going to bleed over to other areas of our life. Yeah. Um it's not just about running. That's right. Well, we had a trivia question for last week, and the question was, is Forrest Gump a running movie? But we're waiting for responses, and I haven't seen the responses for that question yet because we're, we're kind of a week behind on our, on our podcast as mm. far as when we record versus when they come out. So I don't have, an, I don't have those answers to share today, but I'll, I'll share them next week. But I have thought about this. I mentioned at the time that I hadn't really, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I don't really think about it much, but I got to thinking about it. And this is what, this is my, my thoughts. Um, I mentioned that it's a lot like Die Hard. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. And I, I never could really answer that one. And that's why this one was, you know, I felt like it was the same question. But really, here's the thing. Watching Die Hard during Christmas makes it a better movie because it's set around Christmas time. And if you watch it in July, it seems weird, right? So it makes it a better movie watching it at Christmas time. I think Forrest Gump 
is a more interesting and better movie to a runner than they are, than it is to somebody who's a non-runner because they kind of understand a little bit. And so I, I I don't know. That's so I would say that Forrest Gump is is a running movie if you're a runner, and it's not a running movie if you're not a runner. So I would. I'm going to say it is a running movie, and I'm going to say it for this reason. If you went to, um, if you took a poll, if you went to an NFL football game and you polled everybody in the stadium and you got on the microphone and you said, I just went running, and said, what's that from? Everybody would know. That's true. Is that what he says? I just went running? I just felt like running. I, I just felt like running. Yeah. If you said that and that and that, everybody would know what you're talking about. That is true. And for that reason, I say, yeah, it falls into the running movie category. That's I mean, he's an ultra marathoner. Yeah. You that's, know. A, that's another good uh, good description. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the answers to this are very interesting. So we'll, we'll find out um, over the next couple of days. We'll actually yeah. find out, right? Yeah. No, next week. Uh, anyway, so we've got a lot of folks just getting started. And um, again, we're excited. We're not only about the Couch to Marathon that we've got started. We've been talking about the marathon and it's coming up and we've got a new group starting. But we've got a bunch of folks that are just starting the 5K challenge right now, too, right? Yeah. And let's throw a challenge out there. I thought about this because Angie actually posted a picture the other day. If you follow Angie, you probably saw this. Um, She posted a picture that she was going to the gym and the gym was empty. And she made the comment, I guess... The New Year's resolution crowd is, you know, it's kind of a running yeah. joke that you go to a gym in first of January and you can't move, you can't stir them with a stick, and then by Valentine's Day, everybody's gone. Don't let that be you. Understand this: that the statistics say that the majority of you will not be around at the end. Our own statistics say that. Mm-hmm. You know, we we see that. Yep. Don't don't fall victim to those statistics understand that they're there understand that it's a long shot that and and i don't say this to discourage anyone i say this because these are facts don't be one of those statistics and how awesome is it when we look back on a situation like that where we know what the the statistics are and we can look back and go i beat the statistics i will say this run for god is higher than the norm that's right and it's because and, and, and it's what's so important about this group is to get plugged in. Yes, mm-hmm. the training is one thing, but get plugged in on Run Club Social, on the Facebook group. Come to Dalton in April. Get to know these people. Put a put a humanize these people. Yeah. Uh, make them your friends, and you're much more likely to be successful when you surround yourself with people who are thinking like you, who are motivating you, inspiring you, and you're inspiring them. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a vicious cycle, but it's a good cycle. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you don't you know, many of you who started the Caps to Marathon or the 5K, you've been at it for a couple of weeks now uh, as of when this comes out. Um, the excitement is going to start wearing off. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I'm not saying this in a discouraging tone. I'm saying this. Understand that and prepare for it. Put That's things right. in place that hold you accountable. Put things in place that keep you excited about this because I get it. The first two weeks, it's the honeymoon phase of running. Yeah. Uh, but that that starts to wear off, and you've got to put things in place that will uh, keep you accountable and hold your feet to the fire. And this group can do that, but it's up to you to plug into it. That's right. Yeah. You you gotta you gotta have a, a, at a minimum 
you got to be paying attention. Sure. Right. And it'll, it'll, it'll help you. All right. We are sponsored by J radio. If you haven't tried it, try it. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. I just Again, I want to plug our Bible in a Year podcast. Uh, pod, it's a podcast. Challenge. I don't know if you call it a yeah, challenge, whatever it is. Uh, you can start that at any time. So, you know, it was intended to start on January 1st, mm-hmm. but you can start that today yeah. and start going through it. And it's real simple. If you're All you have to do is be a Run Club member. And you go and you sign up for that challenge, and then every day you'll get a notification that you've got you've got steps today. Right. And uh, you go in there and you listen to it. And most of them are, I think, the longest one I've had so far has been sixteen minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's ten to sixteen it's minutes. It's yeah. very quick. And um, and I, I just I think it's there's some running tips in there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's something that you'll enjoy. Uh, and just like you said a minute ago. Don't let yourself not follow through and keep going all the way through that. Thing. Sure. So, and here's the other thing we need: we need stories. And so, you've got you've got a story. We talk about it all the time. We've got a few stories where people have sent in, but there's so many more stories out there. Well, we're le- we're leaving here. You're actually leaving tomorrow. Um, we're we're leaving a couple of days after that. But we're headed down to Gulf Shores for the Big Beach Marathon. We got about a hundred mm-hmm. uh, Run Club members meeting us there. To many of which are running their first marathon. Every one of those is a story. Mm-hmm. By the time this comes out, that race is over and you have a story. That's right. You have a story and we need to hear it. Uh, we love getting these stories. We just got, I got a, another great one in that I, I didn't even share with you. It was sent directly to me. Um, but these are incredible stories that um, of heartache, of triumph. Uh, some of them have everything to do with running. Some of them have nothing to do with running. But they're all incredible. And that's what powers this podcast yeah. each week. So we need your stories. Go to the runforgod.com, go down to submit your story and get to work on that. Absolutely. So I, I, I should be inundated with stories, so many that I can't hardly exactly. keep up. That's the way it should be at this point. Yep. So you think it's weird that there's such a thing as indoor track? And you think about it, when I was a kid, I remember my mother telling me, don't run in the house. Mm. And yet we have indoor places specifically made to run. Does that seem weird? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've still never been to one. Um, and I know really in the southeast there's only one. I think the one Lane goes to in Birmingham. Well, there's more in the southeast, but that's well, kind of in our probably area, the closest region. One. Yeah, there's one. Um, in, yeah, there's there's a few places. But, but yeah, I was amazed. I, I saw some pictures from one that he was at. I didn't know that on a lot of them, for most of the time, the track is flat. But before the races, they bank, they raise the banks on some of these tracks, don't they? Have now, you ever the, seen the that? The tracks have banks, but some of them have the ability to let down one side so okay. that they can run the sprints oh, okay. through so that area. that's what I saw. Yeah. Lane yeah. was saying that they can raise and lower something. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's the one in Birmingham. That's the way that it works. It's got that size. And most people don't know that they're most of them are two hundred meters and not four hundred meters, right? That's right. Yeah, because if I'd, you run a, a time on an indoor track, chances are you can run it faster on an outdoor track. That's, that's right. Because yeah. of the because of the turn, you're always in a turn basically. Yep. And the there are some three hundred meter tracks in the country. I've never been on one. I've never even seen one. But there are some three hundred meter tracks out there. So those are obviously probably a little bit faster. Um, but the yeah, most of them are two hundred meters. I remember the first indoor track I ran on was one hundred and seventy six yards. <laughs> so think about how short that is. I mean, yeah. that thing was tight. And uh, yeah, I remember running that. It was whew, that was tough. Anyway, you know, there's other places. There's places like Norway where um, your indoor tracks are probably pretty important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you're under snow right. for several months a year. How would you keep up your running? Um, I mean, you can, but it's hard. But, of course, they've got cross-country skiing as well, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I've never tried, but I would love to just mm-hmm. because they say that it's it cardiovascularly, it's even better than running. Yeah. So, uh, what is it? The highest VO2 maxes out there are in cross-country skiing cross, and yeah. rowing. Yep. Is rowing the other one? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting that we can run indoors, but the weird thing about – indoor indoor track is just not really important to people it's almost like they just use it but of course when you when you start there'll be meets for indoor track in early december and the last outdoor meets are like in august so you know you're that's a long long season yeah so it makes sense that they treat it like like training so um yeah, I, I can remember listening to a podcast and listening to people saying, well, he won a United States championship, but it was only indoors. <laughs> I'd like to win one of those. Right. But <laughs> uh, all right. So we've we've probably all been through times when we've wondered, should I even keep running? Is it all worth it? And this story is kind of about that. And it comes from Wendy Vick, and it's called, Should I Keep Running? It was week six of training for the half marathon. I was up early to get my run in. I was tired from caregiving to my hubby who was in hospice at the time. I quickly calculated the pace of intervals and went on my way. As I was running, thoughts swirled through my head about how I was going to keep this up. Am I going to even be able to finish the training? How was I going to get a hill run in, etc.? I should just quit. I completed the intervals. The next day, I was up for the easy run and realized I had miscalculated interval times, so I had run them too slow yesterday. Tomorrow would be the hills. I hate the hills. I'm done with running until I know God wants me to do it. I prayed and journaled about running. My Run for God devotion for the week was about losing focus and allowing the devil to distract us. Dean wrote about how things don't always go as planned, so amend the plan. I put off analyzing it until late Sunday night. I was awake and decided I needed to reread the devotion and get my sticky notes done so I could move on, move on Monday to the next devotion. I reread the devotion and my eyes and mind were open to what God wanted me to see. I was just coming up with excuses so I could quit before I failed or did not measure up to my goals. I journaled away and felt so good about the clarity I was given. I laid down at peace to get some sleep so I could get up early before redoing the interval run. I messed up restarting week six. Hmm. That's an interesting story. 
Uh, of course, don't go back and redo workouts. Don't don't yeah. do that. Don't, don't chase workouts. Yeah, y'all. don't don't chase workouts. But um, but I like the I like I like the um, what's the word? I like the desire to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that. That you know I messed that up, and, and you know, not that we want people to be disappointed or want people to want to go back and do those. Well, actually, I do want people to go back and do those workouts. I just don't advise doing it. But the desire, the, the whatever's fueling that is a good thing. Yeah, it is. This reminds me of my thoughts about, and a lot of folks have heard the story, but let me just say it again. I had run every day for five and a half years, mm-hmm. and um, I had this streak going. I intended to continue that streak, but I got the flu one week, and I felt really, really bad. And But each day while I had the flu, I got on my treadmill. I ran one mile, and it was really, really hard, but I did it, and I got through that week of the flu where I was really sick. Saturday came. I went out, and I did a normal run. I felt great, and it was just a normal day. I, it was great to feel good again running. Sunday, I was out in the yard doing some yard work, and just it's a normal day. Monday morning, four o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden my eyes opened up and I realized, oh my goodness, I forgot to run yesterday. <laughs> and you know, it's a like it's like a panic feeling at first. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm what am I going to do? And it was really, really an anxious feeling. And so I thought about all these things that I could do to make it right to justify it, <laughs> but there was no way to make it right. Yeah. So I laid there, and I really I did the same thing Wendy did here. I said, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? And so God's answer to me, just like in Wendy's case, was so clear. God said, listen, I know sometimes you feel like you place running too high on your priority list. If you can forget to run, it clearly is not too high on your priority list. Hmm. And I thought, Oh, that made me feel so good. And so to this day, I have run every day for 11 and a half years, except one. And I'm thankful for that day. Mm-hmm. Now, not many, I, I'm probably the only person on the planet Earth who's run every day, except one, for the last 11 and a half years. There's a lot of people <laughs> who have run every day. Yeah. But very few people who have run, lost or missed one day. So, because uh, the the temptation is, well, I missed one day, I might as well quit. That's right. And that's where I was getting to. Yeah. That's right. And, because uh, that's that ran through my mind. Well, it's over now. I don't have to. Now there, there's no pressure in keeping yeah. it up, right? But it, it, that's not what I did. And yeah. it's and it's because God was real clear in His communication with me. It was pretty cool. Um, and it's really cool when God reveals something to us like this. It's um, the problem comes when we we really do have something that we need to quit, mm-hmm. because God does direct us sometimes to quit doing something, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so when God is actually telling us to quit doing something, it probably feels a lot like those times when he's not telling us to quit doing right. something and it's the evil one in our head. And that's why it's so important that our relationship with Christ be close enough that we can hear him. Sure. Right? How about this scripture? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's First Peter 5, 8, of course. And she says, I was not alert. I was tired and losing my focus in my circumstances, making me easy prey for the devil. You know, this just goes right along with, with what I said a little bit earlier, that 
you know, I think one of our problems, I think one of the problems with society today is we, we tend to stick our head in the sand. We don't, we don't, um, we don't admit just like I said that if you're on the couch to marathon plan right now, it's been a couple of weeks since you started understand that the honeymoon period is going to end. Mm-hmm. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest that the devil is out there prowling around. We, we need to, it's up to us. It's not up to anyone else. It's not up to me and you as the coaches. It's not up to family members. It's up to you to put things into place and to be honest with yourself. Because so many times quitting is not the word that we use. She used the word up in the, the very first paragraph, I should just quit. Wendy did. That's not usually what we say. No. We find some other reason. Yeah. We we find a justification or a or a reason. Well, I'm you know all of a sudden it's become bad for my knees or uh, all these things we will use to justify quitting. And I'm going to step out of limb and say when that happens, we get a month or two down the road, and we always regret it. Yeah. D- don't allow. Be honest with yourself. If you're you know I I I tend to give myself those pep talks and uh, sometimes those can be pretty harsh you know when i'm on a run and i'm wanting to just stop i'll you know i'll just give myself the once over because that's up to me and we need to learn to do that we need to learn to be honest about our surroundings because the world surrounding us is not cheering us on Mm -hmm. the world surrounding us is saying quit the devil's out there he's roaming about like a rowing line just like this scripture says and those around us many times are are hoping that we fail. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to find atmospheres like Run Club where people are truly cheering you on and you've got to surround yourself with people like that. But a lot of times we don't and ultimately it's our demise in whatever we're trying to do. Yep, that's true. You know, the answer to to what we do, what we should do is right after this, because the next verse says, resist him and be firm in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. This is something that I've always subscribed to. I always look around and I see that somebody else is doing Mm -hmm. that thing that I I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I always look at it and go, well, if they can do it, I can too. You know, our run club is full of people who are supporting one another and cheering each other on. And we should all look outside of ourselves for that kind of motivation sometimes because we can get good motivation from that. I mean, I, for me, it's it's real simple. Um, if you ask me, can I do can I run uh, 100 miles? I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. I can do it, though. I know I can do it. You know why I know I can do it? Because other people have done it. Yeah. And it's just it, it really is that simple. But that's that's something that's hard for some people to I don't know what it is that gets us disconnected from reality. Well, that's the devil's number one tool is to silence us. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, we've said it on here before. If you're struggling here and you don't have a local class or something like that, get on the Facebook group and say, look, mm. I'm struggling. I have this going on, this going on, this going on. And guess what? That post is going to be flooded yep. with encouragement. I've seen it happen. Oh, yeah, over, and you're going to start to read people's comments on there that, oh, they're dealing with the same thing. But the devil don't want that. 
Mm-hmm. The devil wants you to think I'm the only one. I'm the only one that has ever in the history of the world struggled with what I'm dealing with right now. And he wants to silence you and ultimately um, discourage you. Yeah. And that's what will happen. Yep. I, I'm telling you that will happen unless you take steps to to make that not able to happen. You know, surrounding yourself, getting in the word, praying to God, God, help me in this situation. Bring people along beside me and he'll do that. And here's what you're doing. When you do that, you're leaving a door open. We get tired. Mm-hmm. We get, you know, we, we're discouraged, whatever it is. We get to, we're leaving a door open for the evil one to come through that door mm-hmm. and attack us. What you're doing when you're getting on that Facebook page, when you're reading the scriptures, when you're praying, you are closing that door. You are slamming that door in his face. And here's the question. What is your default? Is your default to um, to, to keep that door open or is, is you know, and, and go, oh, I want, and, and kind of negotiate with the devil? Or is your, your first thought, as soon as things get hard, slam that door shut mm-hmm. by picking up your Bible, by calling a friend who you know is going to encourage you, whatever it takes. Well, I know, and I know Louis Giglio's got a book where he talks about this, and I want to get this book, but he just, he's just, but I've I've heard this phrase before: "Don't give the devil a seat at your table," mm. and that's what we do so many times. We get discouraged, we open the door, and we're like, "Devil, come on in! Yeah. I want to hear what you've got to say." Well, guess what? What he's got to say is not in your best interest. It never is. It's usually the easiest thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's never, never. Am I clear? It's never <laughs> the best thing for you. But so many times we open the door and we say, come on in, devil. I want to hear what you've got to say. Why do we do that? I do it. You do it. We all do it. Mm-hmm. But we've got to understand the the first step in getting past that is understand that that's actually what we're doing. Yep. And when you start thinking, well, is running really for me? You've opened the door and you said, devil, come on in. Because mm-hmm. the devil's going to say, no, it's, you know, it's it's bad for your knees. It's. Anything to discourage us, anything to get us on the couch and to get us into that vicious cycle of doing life, of monotony, that's what he wants because that pulls us away from Christ. Yep. And that leads right into this next scripture. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. That's James 1, 5. Um, and she says, I prayed and journaled looking for insight into what I should do. Um a lot of times we don't have encouragement because, again, we don't look for it. We don't ask for it. But if we'll ask God for that, he He will give us what we need, right? Um, and this part of James also goes on to say, without doubting. And mm-hmm. I think that's the key is we have to understand that our God is a powerful, mighty, omnipotent God and that he wants – I hear people pray all the time, if it be your will. Mm. And there are times to pray that. Sure. And I, the sentiment behind that is as pure as the driven snow. Yeah. But think about that. Because God wants us to come to him boldly. <laughs> God wants us to come to him and say, God, I am really struggling through this program. I need you to help me. Not help me if it be your will, but I need your help. Mm-hmm. And he'll give you that help, but it has to be without doubting. We got to be bold, bold in our questions with but God. But so many times, if we're being honest, and it's funny, this James is here because I'm actually going through James right now and, and doing a study on it. But 
and, and this is why I remember this book on Louis, Louis Giglio because I, I referenced this in, in what I'm working on. We go to God. We don't go to God boldly. We go to God if it's your will, just like you said. And it's because we're putting that one hand out to God, but we're over here with the devil, and, and we're going to take these two. How, how many times has somebody come up and ask your opinion on something or ask for your advice on something, and you know as soon as you give them the advice – you're just one of many that they're trying to get. Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting yours. They're going to get this one. And you know the minute they walk out the door, they're not going to listen to a word I said because what I said is the right way, but it's not the easy way. Yeah. And they're looking. And so many times we go to God. Meanwhile, the devil's sitting at our kitchen table, and we're going to hear what God's got to say, and we're going to turn around, we're going to compare notes with what the devil told us. What the devil told us is always going to be easier mm-hmm. in the short term. But in the long term, it's it's usually disastrous. And so, yeah, you're right. In, in James 1 here, it says, come to God boldly. Don't be tossed to and fro like a ship in the ocean. Um, come to him boldly and ask for wisdom, and it will be given to you. Yep. But so many times, if we're being honest, we don't really want it. Yep. Um, but doing hard things is always the best way. Absolutely. Isaiah 48, 17 says, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. She goes on to say, My prayers were answered with the clarity and wisdom to keep running, especially if I am doing it to honor God. Again, we just love it when God answers a prayer requests that we have so obviously and so directly um sometimes we're not sure um but here's the thing i've been in situations where i feel like god has directed me to do something and then i go and i do it and it's just not it's not successful Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work out good and i'm thinking god i i felt so sure that you had me in this area doing this thing and yet it doesn't seem like it's being blessed, right? Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't seem to be fruitful, or it doesn't seem like I'm wasting my time, or, or what you know, whatever the way you want to describe it. But then you find out a week later <laughs> that something you did doing that thing paid dividends somewhere where you never knew about it, mm-hmm. and that is so often that God uses us in ways and for things that. Um, when, when we're convinced that God is using us for a reason, he probably is. It's just probably not the same way that we think it should be. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't turn out that way, we think we failed or we think that God's let us down. And that's just not true. And most of the time, if we can ever look back, and, and sometimes we never know. Sometimes we do something. I've had people come back to me years later and say, I had a guy call me on the phone one time. I had had a conversation. He he was just starting running. He he asked me some questions, and I I kind of I said, well, you know, this might be a good goal for you. And it was just kind of a here's a suggestion, you know, like I don't know. It was three to five years later. This guy calls me back and says, you really inspired me on that phone call, and I just did what you told me you thought I could do, mm. and it's like. I never thought about it again. And there's so many things out there like that where you go out there and if you're doing stuff for God and with him at the front of your mind and him as your motivation for what you're doing, I'll bet you on the back end, there's somebody being blessed by it. Yeah, I mean, I I think about George Williams' story. 
Mm. And at the race, you know, sometimes God will use our weaknesses to bring glory and honor to himself. He'll use our our lack of patience like he did with me that day. You know, I, I said something at the beginning of a race, and I won't go into the whole story, but I just had a bad attitude about it. Well, come to find out, it was the way that I said something, and and honestly, my self-pity, I just didn't want to be doing what I was doing at the time, but God used that, the clarity and the, how is it my wife says sometimes, she said, it's not always what you say, it's the tone you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God used that. Mm-hmm. in that circumstance because the tone that I used was what one specific person in the crowd needed to hear and it and it brought him to the foot of the cross not by what I said because I wasn't even wanting to be there but God used that and and in the meantime right after you said that you were beating yourself up oh I blew it yeah I was talking about, I, I was talking about getting hit by a transfer truck mm-hmm. while I'm sending 500 runners out on the highway. But God knew what he was doing, and I had no clue what he was doing. That's right. And that's what we need to understand is God is sovereign. God is all-knowing. God knows what he's doing, and his answers are always right. And we don't need to have the devil sitting at our kitchen table behind us while we're asking for God's advice because it's his word is clear. You're not going to get it. If that's your posture, which so many times it is, mine, I'll admit it. A lot of times <laughs> I've got the door cracked open. Mm-hmm. We need to shut that door tight yep. and and then go get on our knees before holy God, and he will give you the wisdom. His word is clear in James. Amen. First question, what makes running worthwhile to you? Did you ask God if this is the path you should be on? You know, this question is really super easy for me because I, I just, God gave me a talent for running and I knew it when I was a little bit little kid, and so my feeling is is if I'm not running, then I'm not using something that He gave me as as a. I mean, it's a gift, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what I have to do now. What's important is, am I doing it in such a way that I'm honoring Him with the gift He gave me? And I hope that I do that, and I hope mm-hmm. that I am doing that. But for, for me, this is a simple question. For, for, for everybody else, everybody else has a different answer to this question. Um, but here's the thing that I think is important. You need to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I think this is such an important question. Because when you're struggling, you need, here's, here's what, what keeps me going is my running talent leads me to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And that competitiveness drives me. So my thoughts are, I don't really want to get out there and run. But then my next thought is, well, if I don't get out there and run, that guy who I'm chasing from California, who I'm going to beat next time I, run, I race against him, <laughs> well, he's going to run today. Yeah. So I need to get out. That motivates me, right? Yeah. Is, is I, I, what is your motivating factor? You want to lose weight? Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. The more times you sit on the couch and you don't do it when you should have done it, that's the less weight you're going to lose. Right. Whatever your motivation is, keep it in the front of your mind. Know what it is and use it for fuel. Have it on your bathroom mirror. Yes. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. have it on your bathroom mirror. Yep. Second question, what doubts or fears make you question your choice to run? How do you overcome them? Well, I guess the first thing to understand is – more often than not, they're lies. 
wow that's powerful i mean it really right it's they, it can be boiled down to that simple is the doubts and fears that come into your mind when you go out on a run are typically things like i don't know if i can do this well if you put in the training then you can let's look at this objectively it's too cold outside well no it's not other people are getting out there and doing it i don't feel like it today well we've already established that doing hard things is the best thing you can do doing easy things may feel good in the short term but it's never good in the long term all these things that come to our mind you know when you're waking up in the morning and you want to lay in the bed for another 20 minutes think about the objective things that you know but again we crack that door and we say devil come on in Mm. um I, if if I let the devil in this morning, I can lay here another twenty minutes. That's, is it really worth it? No, and it never is. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that when we force ourselves to go out there, we never look back on that and go, "I wish I wouldn't have done that." We always look back and go, "Man, I'm glad I got myself out of bed, even though I felt like laying there for another twenty I mean, minutes." You see the t-shirts and the memes, and it said, uh, "It says." Um, Man, I'm I so regret doing that run. Said no runner ever. That's right, and that's so true. It I mean, is. it's kind of tongue in cheek and funny, but it's true. It is true. It's a hundred percent true. And so, so remember that the next time you're having a struggle with something, remember that in, it, once once you get by it, once you get that thing done, you'll you'll be glad that you did. But here's the other side of that coin. The other side of that coin is when we don't do it, we very often go. I should have got myself out of bed and I should have I should have got that run in mm-hmm. and I didn't and now I'm regretting it. So don't let that regret be something that drags you down. Last question. Is there a time to quit running? How will you how will or do you know when that time is? My pastor just this past Sunday, he was doing a his sermon was on kind of this very thing. Obviously, obviously injuries the answer is yes you know but i I don't think that's what this question is going to um he made the comment he was going through a list of things and he said if if god took your finances away from you is he enough if god took your health away from you Mm. is he enough and it made me start thinking you know lane i assume this is okay to talk about but he he did kind of a we call it a white paper on his upcoming year and he just really talked about kind of the sport of triathlon and the sport of running and something that he said in there really stood out to me this was all done by him um it's about 14 pages long but he said in there um if god told me to give up this sport i would lay it down tomorrow Hmm. but today this is what he's given me and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Wow. And I thought that is such a powerful attitude because God may tell you to lay running down tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He may tell me to lay running down tomorrow. The question is, are we okay with that? Yeah. And if we can ever get to the point where we are okay with that, I think in anything with our finances or our, you know, our kids, you know, Charlie even used the example if, if, if God took my daughter away from me tomorrow, am I okay with that? If you can get to that point where you can honestly say yes, I think your running or your finances or whatever it is will go to a whole new level. Yeah. Because you're telling God, 
you're more important than whatever this is. And that's that is a whole different level of spiritual maturity that I'll honestly say I haven't gotten there yet. I'm trying and and I need more messages like Charlie. It's one of those messages that I say he stepped all over my toes this weekend. Yeah. Um, but I think if you can get to the point where your answer to these hard questions is, God, you're more important and I'll do whatever you say to do and I'll lay it down tomorrow if I need to. Yeah. I think that's a that's a level of spiritual maturity that we all need to strive for. And when you get there, that answer that what of what God wants you to do becomes way more clear when you can get yourself to that point. Typically when you let go of something, God gives you that same thing back multiple times. Yeah. And I'll say this about this question. I think that everybody should be exercising, mm-hmm. period, full stop. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your circumstances are. You should be doing some form of exercise. I think the Bible is clear that that we should be doing that. Now, what that looks like for you, is it running? I don't know. It may be, may not be. But here's the thing. I tell you what God's not doing. He's not telling you to lay on the couch and eat eat popcorn. That's what he's not doing. Mm -hmm. And so we we have to be careful with – this with the idea of thinking well it's whatever our reason is i'm not even going to try to make up a reason that and, and understand that you should be doing something that is good for your body that makes you more fit that makes you uh, makes your body work better uh, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be taking care of them and so whatever that looks like for you do that thing well i mean i the scripture says that our bodies are to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we, we tend to take this and, and pervert that and, and distort what that really means. It's not a temple that you want people to admire and to bow down to and all that. Think about what the temple was in the Old Testament. It's where God dwelt. Mm-hmm. God dwells in us. If you're a child of God, he lives in us. And think about the meticulous way that they built the temple back in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I mean, every 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 detail was made perfect and that's what we're to do with our bodies not so that we can put ourselves up on some kind of pedestal as in look at me it's i'm healthy i'm going to be here i'm able to do the things if 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 you're 400 pounds and, and i'm not throwing stones here but if if you're in a if your health is in a place of you're just unhealthy and God calls you to go serve on a mission field in Africa. Mm. You, you need to have a body that's ready to go do that. That's and right. it's it's your responsibility yep. to to have that house in order so that whatever God calls you to do. But there are lots of people out there who, who couldn't go do that. Mm-hmm. And it's because of their health. And they've allowed this to happen. And I, I know this sounds harsh. But again, at the end of the day, it's personal responsibility. It's our responsibility to take charge of our health. You know, I don't even know if I've said on this podcast, but the week after Christmas, I went and got my labs done. And, you know, we've talked about smoked meats on here a lot. My my smoker has a padlock on it now. <laughs> I mean, and it's because it's my responsibility. I, I have cholesterol that was getting near that danger zone, and, and God spoke to my spirit and said, you need to make some changes. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make the changes. Because why? Because you're not going to do it for me. That's right. My yeah. wife's not going to do it for me. The doctors aren't going to do it for me. Mm. I have to do it. Yep. It's personal responsibility. Get out there and get moving. Yeah. 
I think about it from this standpoint. The I think about a car, right? Okay, so what do we want out of our car? A lot of us want, you know, we want to have a nice car. We want to keep it clean. We want something that's fancy that turns heads and that kind of thing. But in the end, what we really want is a car that gets us where we want mm-hmm. to go. Now, which would you rather have? Would you rather have this beautiful Corvette that is everybody looks at when you drive by, but it breaks down once every two weeks? Or a, I don't know. 97 Maxima. Yeah, a 97 Maxima that is very reliable. Who Every time you turn the key, it goes, and it's never, ever a problem. Which one do you want? And the truth is, is with our bodies, we should definitely want the latter and not the former. But what we do a lot of times is we put a lot of stuff on the outside Mm -hmm. trying to make it look better when on the inside it's broken. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll preach. Yeah. And (laughs) we've got to be we got to be careful with that. We need to be paying attention to how our car runs, not what our car looks like. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of ourselves and there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with being nice and trying to be. To, to look your best right but focus on the inside first because it's more important sure do you struggle with motivation to exercise are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you the run for god run club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter healthier you Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. You know, we talked a little bit about, have talked in the past, running versus walking. And we have a, a we have a number, oh, wow, a large number of walkers. That number is increasing mm-hmm. maybe maybe faster than the runners are. Um, we, we, have, we have a lot of folks who are coming here and they're just focused on walking. And understand that walking is not a poor man's running. It's not a uh, a it's thing a you lesser do if than. you can't run. Right. That's right. It's that that walking is just different. So, but I started thinking about speed walking, and you know, speed walking is something that we very rarely see. <laughs> you see it in the Olympics. It's about the only time I ever see it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on some track meets, but very very few track meets have it. Um, I wonder about speed walking. I wonder about things like what are injuries like. You know, there's a lot of hip movement in speed walking. You wonder, is are hip injuries a big problem in speed walking? And it has to be. I mean, some of those people are going nearly as fast as you run. I mean, <laughs> when you get to the top of the – I mean, what what is it that the world record 5K for walking is? It's 18 something. Oh, 17, 18. That's moving. Yeah. And and yeah, you're you're talking about a lot of hip swing that's going a lot faster than probably God intended it to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I wonder about their training plans too. Like, what does a speedwalker do for training? I mean, speedwalkers most of speedwalking races are fairly long. I mean, mm-hmm. there you know, there's a 50k speedwalking in the Olympics. Yeah. 
that's a, that's an ultra marathon yeah. for us as runners. Right. And so, how much walking are they doing, and where are they doing it? I've never seen anybody out on the road speed walking, right? Yeah, I, I, as far as the training goes, I think that we established last year the training is the same. Well, I did the same exact training that the couch to marathon folks are doing right now for running. Yeah. I did it walking, and we, you know, just last night we had the live kickoff, and we said, you know, everybody wants their own training plan for walking, and we have that. You can go and download the training plan, but at the end of the day, it's the exact same, except the only difference in the walking plan and the running plan is when we say run, you walk faster. And the variation of intensities is what's the most important part. And you can become much more physically fit and faster by simply varying your pace. Because honestly, well, Gay said it on here last night, Miss Gay that works with us. She can walk faster than she can run. Mm -hmm. And I think there's quite a few people that fit into that category. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think my hope is that we change the narrative on walkers because you're right. It is known historically as a lesser than or you just, you know, you don't want to hurt as much or whatever. That's just not the case. I mean, like I said, we said it last night. You did. You walked my half marathon with me. And you were more sore than I was. And that's the first time in history I can say that I made Dean Thompson more sore than I was. But it's it's just it's a completely different and equally to running yep. skill set. Yeah. Um, it's just what you choose to do. And yeah. and honestly, it took me a few years to get to that point. Yeah. Because I probably fell into the camp years ago of, well, walkers is it's just people that don't want to run. And that, while that's true, I applied a different motive behind it. But yeah. some people just don't want to run. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay. We've got a place for you now. Back to what I said a little bit ago. We need to be doing something. Sure. I wonder about, with speed walking, I wonder about what if the best runners, what if Elliot Kipchoge decided to start walking? Would he be faster than the best walkers in the world? Or would he even compete? I, I don't. you got to wonder. You know, when... When I was doing the walking, the weird thing is, you know, you, you hear that I was doing the Galloway method in reverse because a lot of people using the Galloway method, they'll run and then they'll take walk breaks. And it, and it just in that program, it kind of helps whatever. But when I was walking, especially when I was doing like 10, 11, 12 miles, it felt good to take running breaks. Yeah, because because that. I don't know how to explain it other than it felt good every now and then just to drop it down to an eight or ten minute pace and and stride. You kind of stretch everything out and it felt good because you get done walking 10, 11, 12, 20 miles or whatever. You need stretched out. That's it. You do. Yeah. Because um, in running, you've got a long stride. You're you're stretching out basically every stride. Walking, yeah, you're not doing that. That's right. Uh, so yeah. it feels good to run. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, it is a time for Dean's thoughts, and that is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So what happens when you have to adapt on the fly? Do you get frazzled or do you handle it well? Little of both. My wife would say I get frazzled. (laughs) I tend to think I handle it pretty well. She's probably right. Uh, Well, Um, This one is called Adept 
at adaptation. I remember the gas lines of the late 1970s. People lined up around blocks to get gasoline because it was being rationed and you could only go on certain days. When your regular station supply ran out, you had to find it somewhere else. The trick was to do it before you ran out of gas. And in the late 1970s, fuel efficiency was not really a thing. Uh, So we had to adapt to the economics of the day. Animals who live outdoors must adapt in a drought. Maybe the water source of choice dries up and they have to search for water elsewhere. If they don't adapt, it could mean the end of their life, quite literally. In that case, adaptation is crucial. If you are born, as comedian Emo Phillips puts it, at a more comfortable distance to the apocalypse, you are all too familiar with the way your body changes as you get older. Like a car with many miles on it, our bodily systems become less efficient over time and more prone to breakdown. Our bodies simply cannot recover nearly as fast as they did when we were young tykes. There was a time when I could sprint up and down a field all day long and barely feel it the next day. If I do it today, it's difficult to walk tomorrow. Stressing your body at an older age means having to wait longer until the next intense activity. Some learn it by listening to smart people. Others use the more popular avenue, experience. (laughs) We adapt or we pay heavy consequences. If you're a runner or walker, you have probably had a time when you've had to adapt because of an injury. Even the slightest problem could require us to change our training. It is really no different than a scheduling conflict. We handle those all the time, and it's usually not a big deal. But when it comes to our exercise, Some of us tend to make a bigger deal of things than we need to. We simply need to adapt and move on. A last-minute meeting uh, is scheduled at work tomorrow evening at the time that you normally run or walk. Well, get up early and run. The next day, go back to your regular schedule. You You miss a workout because your daughter has an emergency. It happens. But just do the workout the next day. We could apply this to so many aspects of running or walking and our health. For that matter, we can apply it to almost everything we do. God has told us through Scripture that we are going to have obstacles. He tells us to look forward to those obstacles in the book of James. Things will get in our way of being what God wants us to be. You may be faced with a choice of whether to stand up for Christ in your local community or on your job. Be ready for those occasions when they come. Because make no mistake, they are coming. Adapt to those situations in a way that does not compromise who God is. Become a professional at adaptation. Instead of trying to avoid change, embrace it. Instead of being afraid to go outside your comfort zone, look for opportunities to do so. When you do, you'll find that you're much better at adapting when you have no choice. When the gas lines get long, you'll be ready for them. And when someone asks you to compromise with God, you'll be able to stand up and stand for God. Become adept at adaptation, and you'll see—you'll even see your stress level go down. <laughs> That's a good word, Dean. Yeah, you, you, you asked the question at the outset. Um, am I good about what? How did you ask that? Uh, what happens when you have to adapt on the fly? Do you get frazzled, or do you handle it well? I think many times I don't handle it well because it. Man, I could get bit by saying this. <laughs> Because I don't think it happens a lot because I'm a planner. Yeah. And I plan on things going wrong. I probably, 
you can definitely ask Holly this. I plan for the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. knowing that chances are it's not going to happen. But I will. I plan on that a lot. So when I when something does go off the rails, I'm extra upset because I I'm one of those people that say, "Oh, you should have planned for that," and I make a note, and it's not going to happen again. So, um, yeah, you're pretty good at that. I, you know, I th- I'm looking at this from I I'm in charge of the production at our church. Now, I hate to use the word production. That, that sounds so – I don't like it. But the the audio and the video and the stuff that goes through on our service to make that service come together and be pleasing to the eye and to the ear. And it never – we, we, we talk about it on uh, usually about Wednesday. We talk about what we're going to do for Sunday. And there's, you know, we, we've decided this is what we're going to do. It almost never is what we're going to do. <laughs> By the time Sunday gets here, song choices change. Somebody gets sick and can't sing. Um, you know, the the words to a song, we're going to cut out a stanza. Or, mm. we're, you know, there's always something that changes. And then at the last minute, there's always somebody that comes by and says, um, hey, can you just can you just throw this in? You know, and it's you've got two minutes to get that thing in there. And there's, there's some pressure to all of that stuff changing. Um, but you get good at it after a while mm-hmm. and you get way calmer about it. And the same thing happens with our running and our exercise in general is the more you overcome those things, you know, because it would be easy for me to go, you know what, we've already planned the service out. We're not putting that last minute thing in there. You know, do it. we'll do it next week. Mm. But we don't do that, right? We go ahead and we adapt and we do mm. it. Mm. And we should do the same thing with running. You know, instead of getting all frazzled and worked up or, or, or just go, well, I can't do it now, so I might as well just, I'll do it next year. <laughs> or do it next week or whatever. You know, just figure out a way to do the best you can with what you have yeah, and move on. It's funny you talk about sound. I, I had a I run sound a lot, probably ninety percent of the time at, at my church. And you know, we have practice on Wednesday night. That's when the band and the praise team is all there in the choir. And we had a, a guy that came in to kind of help us with some of the, the stuff that I don't understand. Once it gets past that board. Yeah. I'm clueless. I can I can run those slides. I can make it sound good, but there's some things that I can't even make sound good if you know the speakers aren't tuned right or whatever. Anyway, so this guy's like a professional production guy. He does like concerts and things like that. He's a sound engineer, and I'll never forget he came in and you know how you can do the you can do a preset mm-hmm. on your board. I don't know if y'all's boards are the same, but you can do like a, a preset where you can just go to it every week and. Yep. It takes everything back. Well, he come in and he said, uh, so which one is yours? And I said, it's these four right here. He said, four? And I've got it labeled. It says Mitchell 1, Mitchell 2, Mitchell 3, Mitchell 4. <laughs> he said, why do you have four presets? I said, because we do four songs every Sunday. He said, you set up the board with a preset for each song? I said, yeah, how are you supposed to do it? <laughs> that so sounds like you. <laughs> he said, well, most engineers, they just kind of adjust in between each song. So I said, well, why not get it all set up for a song and then create a preset so the next week, if I'm not here or I'm sick, then the guy filling in can just hit the four buttons at the beginning of each song. He thought that was the cra- – this is a professional sound engineer. He thought I was – he looked at me like I had three heads. But in my mind, 
that's perfectly logical. You're the planner. So you don't have a preset for each song? I don't even, I don't preset anything. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's. So I'm the weird guy. Well, I don't know if you're the weird guy. I think that's better prepared. It really is better prepared. So I, I think that's awesome. But um, then on Sunday morning when they change songs last minute, it just. Yeah. Throws me in a tailspin. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. we gotta practice it. You, everybody needs to get here at seven thirty. If you're going to change that, we need to. <laughs> <laughs> and see, for me, that's like okay. We change that. We'll change we'll that. No big deal. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not a big deal. <laughs> We're so different. <laughs> yeah, we are. But you know what? I think that God wants to see how we react to those things. Mm-hmm. Right? Do we snap at somebody because they're asking us to make a last minute change? You know, you got that person. There's always that person. There's always the me trying to get with you, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it really is. You know, I'm sure there's times I frustrate you because I'm not ready for something. And there's times I frustrate you because I'm rigid. And, yeah, and you want to like, we need this on this. Yeah, it, 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 it goes both ways. Yeah. But how do we react to that? You know, yeah. do we react by going, the way I react to it with, between you and I is, man, I'm so glad Mitchell's a planner. Because that helps us so many times and helps me yeah. very often. Because you know how I am about stuff and you'll remind me about stuff. Sometimes I didn't need the reminder, but sometimes I did. And and I'm so appreciative for that. I could look at that in another way and I could go, why is he bugging me again? You know? Mm. You know what I mean? And But I think that's a picture. I mean, I don't know how why I got this picture in my head, but the the picture is iron sharpens iron. Yeah. You know, that side, the I'm going to call it the, don't take offense to this, the, the free spirit side of my iron is dull. <laughs> and the rigidness planning side of your iron is dull. But the more we hang out together, the, I'm, I'm, gosh, I'm not going to use the word free spirit, the more relaxed yeah. I can. Because I do. I, I see that in you, and I think sometimes, because I, when I get frustrated – I guess this is what uh, old age helps me with. I see it where when I was younger, I didn't see it. I just thought everybody was wrong. Now I still get frustrated, but I guess God has kind of pulled the veil back and he's allowing me to see it. So when I'm in it, sometimes I realize, Mitchell, you're being a jerk. Just shut your mouth. And God has given me the strength to do that more and more now. Now, sometimes... (laughs) Even God's hand over my mouth doesn't help sometimes, but it's getting better. And I think in the same way, he he's, He does that for you. And that's just a true picture of we don't need to surround ourselves with people that are just like us. Yeah. Um, that would just be boring. Yeah. Um, you need to surround yourself who have the same goals as you, but do it in a different way. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think a lot of problems in our churches have come. You know, we get so – music especially well this is the way it's always been well that doesn't mean that's the way it always needs to be yeah on the things that aren't important now the gospel yes if your pastor starts to deviate from that then get rid of him yeah but if it's song choice yeah and both of them are singing about jesus then get over yourself yeah i'm saying that to me but i'm sure there's other people that need to hear it Sure. Uh, because I, that's the way I am. If it was up to me, we'd be singing, you know, five part harmony Southern gospel every single Sunday at my church. But that's it's not about me. It's not yeah. about what I want. It's it's about what's bringing people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And 
God uses that in so many different forms, but we, we got to be malleable in that, in that aspect. Yeah. And, and again, back to what we were talking about a little while ago, don't let Satan get in between you. Cause that's what happens. If sure. He's the one he's, he's trying to throw up these things and he's trying to get you frustrated mm-hmm. with things. And, and that's what we have to realize that that's what it is. It's, it's him attacking us and wanting us to not have a good relationship with God. And the, 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 scripture he he walks around like a, a roaring lion he's like a lion he's not a like lion. he is not a lion he's right. like one he's he's an imitator he's not the real thing and we have the most powerful defense to it we could ever have the closer we are to god the easier it is for us to for me you know when the closer i am to god the easier it is for me when that person who frustrates me comes to me the easier it is for me to go Okay, we'll 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 figure it out. We'll get we'll get it done. You know, it's that's the important thing. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run for God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run for God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this is this week. It can save you some cash. How do you ask? Well, we should all be exercising as we've talked about throughout this podcast. And to be a runner, you don't need a gym membership. You don't need a set of golf clubs. You just need a pair of running shoes and something you can run in and you're good to go. And so it can save you some money. It's a great way to keep the the body in good shape and i've played golf man that can be expensive Mm -hmm. so uh not running it's it's cheap so all right so here's a weird thing i I found this article and this is just this is bizarre but cool at the same time so there's this 200 mile ultra marathon in england where they run the entire 200 miles in a tunnel how long is this? The tunnel? tunnel is a mile long, so it is a hundred laps down and back. You are not allowed to to run next to anybody because the tunnel is fairly narrow. So you have to, and there has to be, you have to be able to go both ways. So you can't run next to anybody, and you're not allowed headphones. And during that time, they have this really kind of creepy music, violin music, piped in the entire time. So the, the website describes the race like this, a mind-bending test of extreme endurance and sensory deprivation. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's called, the place is called the Comb Down Tunnel. It's an old railway tunnel that's been converted to a pedestrian tunnel. Um, and I think it's a bike path now. Um, it's kind of a tourist attraction at this point. Um, and there's a time limit of 55 hours. Now, 55, 200 miles in 55 hours is, is moving. Is moving pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's also a time limit. So this is there's an article on BBC Online. And this is these. I want to read some of the, the article. 
The race takes place in Combdown Tunnel, a mile south of Bath City Center, and starts at 4 p.m. on a Friday in March. No more than 40 runners make it that far, partly because of a strict and deliberately opaque qualification process, and largely because the tunnel is not big enough to accommodate many more. Even the start line is weird, says Maudit. You you have to stand one behind another in a queue. Combdown was restored as a cycle path in 2013 after 47 years under weeds. It is the UK's longest foot tunnel and the obvious setting for an ultra marathon if your name is Mike as Mark Cockbane. I like things that have an X factor, says Cockbane, a prolific former ultra runner who sets up the tunnel in 2019 to add his brilliant, his brilliant yet brutal portfolio of events as a race organizer. As soon as I got permission to use the tunnel, it was a no brainer. The race is low key in the extreme. A fold-up table outside one end of the tunnel serves as race headquarters. There is no shelter or rest area to speak of unless runners have the foresight to bring a camping chair. They must all share a portable toilet, which, by the end of the weekend, would not look out of place at a music festival. Refreshments are limited to water and tea, while the most luxurious snacks are pot noodles. If you're lucky, they may not even might not even be out of date. I cut back on the delicacy, said Cockbane, in a matter-of-fact style for which he has become famous in the ultra-running community. You can get through any of these races with a bit of water and food. I wanted to make it all about the running. For Mike Raffin, a 43-year-old IT manager from Aberdeen who finished second in 2021, that's part of the appeal. Uh, this, this this, it's nice that there isn't any nonsense, he says. The tunnel is pure, unadulterated running. You run from one end to the other in a straight line, turn around at a traffic cone, and come back again. It just keeps going. That's it. Person agrees. There's no fanfare. Uh, if you're looking to be pampered, you've come to the wrong place. All of which adds up to a notoriously low finish rate. Of the 31 runners who started the inaugural tunnel, only two completed it. And 13 in total in the three years it has been in existence. It goes on. You have, you have to be all in. If doubt creeps in, you're gone, uh, says Cockbane, a 50-year-old electronics engineer by trade. He completed 199 marathons and 106 ultras, including some of the toughest in the world, notably five Spartathlons, three Badwaters, a double Badwater, and a 300-mile race in the Arctic <laughs> before knee problems forced him to stop running in 2011. I could sit in a corner and hit my head with a spoon for three days if that's what I decided to do. <laughs> I says, didn't know there was such such thing as a double badwater. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. Running 200 lengths of the tunnel means running 200 times past a speaker built into the wall at midway point that resembles a giant eyeball and pumps out classical music on loop all day and night. There are these little submarine-style windows which glow different colors, says Newton. It's like a super stereo. What's it actually like in the tunnel? Well, I saw a video of this tunnel, and the tunnel is it is creepy looking. There's like a there's like a low light about every twenty feet or so. So you got this dot of lights down through there, and it's again it's pretty narrow you can't run side by side and pass somebody and um this music it sounds creepy i mean it is creepy sounding uh so the idea that you're in this kind of wet damp place for 
two days just running back and forth and you you kind of lose sight of who you are um it says more psychological torture comes in the form of darkness there's only dim light in the tunnel which is shared with cyclists and walkers during the day and even these are switched off between 11 p.m and 5 a.m if sleeping is optional in a tunnel hallucinations are all but guaranteed I saw a family of abominable snowman, snowman, a massive slug, and I thought I was on the edge of a cliff, says Carl Baxter, who failed to finish the race in 2020, but conquered it with less than an hour to spare the following year. Cockbane has seen it countless times. It's just total, total carnage, he says. People are losing their marbles. If they stop for a rest, they can't remember which way they're going. Hmm. Pizza, chocolate, cake, and flat cola fueled uh, this guy for for fifty years, fifty five hours. Um, there's all sorts of of different menu items and people eating different things, and um, it's just like a typical. I guess it's a, that's kind of a typical. For you got to have a few screws loose. You do to do you this do. race. Yep. Yeah. And he says, this guy says he's fifty six years old. He says you have to go in with one thousand determination to finish it. Um, and this was the first female, the only female to ever finish it. Um, and, and she finishes. After 100 miles, my body started to break down, she recalls. By 150 miles, I had adopted my walk shuffle approach. And in the last 10 miles, I completely lost my mind. I kind of went over to the other side. <laughs> At mile 192, I became completely disoriented and started going the wrong way. I thought I was wandering along a quiet country lane. I didn't know who I was or what I was doing or, or where I was. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? I mean, there's so many crazy races out there like this. Um, and I, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. But, um, would you ever try anything like that? These One of these crazy things? No, I think the closest I've ever done is the Blue Ridge Relay. And it, yeah. you kind of get to that point in the Blue Ridge Relay. And it's, I've always said, these kind of races, it's not the physical toll. Yeah. It's the mental. Yeah. You know, no sleep. That adds a whole different layer to to anything you do. Yeah. Um, but I've said, I mean, the Blue Ridge Relay, the year we did it was six people, 208 miles with six people uh, through the Blue Ridge Mountains. I mean, I've done Ironmans. I've done a 50-miler on a treadmill. That is still the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Not because of the physical, because of the mental. Yeah. No sleep is the biggest. 31 hours with no sleep. Yeah, and the amazing thing about these is, I mean, a 200-mile run is a serious thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a yeah. serious physical thing. But you notice almost nobody's talking about the physical side. Mm-hmm. They're all talking about how mentally yeah. tough it is. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's an interesting thought. You know, we think about that person. If, if you're that person out there who struggles to run for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. just think about that. Human beings can go through this and finish this. 20 minutes you should you should look at that and go man i know i can do that Mm -hmm. and uh and we see it all the time interesting all right how about a trivia question for this week this one's pretty simple and straightforward it's this there is a type of workout with a funny name it is a workout with varied speeds as you run it is a swedish word that means speed play what is the name of this workout you know that one mm-hmm. i'm sure and if you know the answer to that send it to dean at runforgod.com and if you're the first person to answer that question and send me the correct answer then you will win cash 20 bucks off your next order at runforgod.com so uh get to it send me some answers all right i'm gonna leave you with a motivational thought of the week this comes from jay foonberg 
He is a uh, Beverly Hills lawyer um, that has not been short on words over the years. Um, And he says this, he says, when I do the best I can with what I have, then I have won my race. Hmm. Um, He was still running in his 70s when he uttered that line. And um, it's it's good motivation because mm-hmm. the truth is is it, is it's all individualized. Sure. And when you do your best, you've won. And it's just a this isn't a participation trophy thing. You know, I, I participation trophies drive me crazy. This is different than a participation trophy um, because you can get a participation trophy by just finishing. And if just finishing was really really hard for you, then okay, then sure. that's good. But if it wasn't hard for you then that's not the same as what he's talking and about. only you know that when you cross the finish that's right that's right do your absolute best at whatever you do all right make sure you get out there and review review our podcast share it with others make sure the word gets around um, over fifty thousand downloads and counting and um, we can't wait to get to a hundred thousand and uh, make that possible for us um, get the word out because we want to hear more people to hear about Christ. That's Mm -hmm. the bottom line. All right. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, man.